welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're very nice. And you're clapping. Uh, I'm here, and you're here, but we almost didn't have... I'm surprised you got here, Gene. What happened, Gene? You wouldn't... Tell the story. Well, we had lunch today, Jerry and I. Where? I paid. No kidding. At at Lachey's. Oh, nice place. Nick and Drew Lachey's place over the Rhine in Cincinnati, downtown Cincinnati. Use my name, they'll knock 50 cents off the bill. That's right. So I... Megan, you know this. I'm very green. I'm very much conservationist. So I rode my bike, bicycle, not mm-hmm. motorcycle, bike over to where Jerry's hotel. It's an electric bike, which makes to it be fair, easier. Right. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> you drove your bike. Okay, I drove <laughs> my bike at rode about two thirds of my effort. No. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I go over there and and I uh, lock it to uh, a tree actually in front of this hotel, and then I push the lock closed and I realize, dude, you don't have the key to unlock it. So, Way to go. <laughs> so now and, uh, downtown Cincinnati, if, if those aren't you know listening who aren't from this area, Fountain Square is like the major yeah, place. It's major the place. center of the c- city. Yep. And there's a tree across the street. You tie your bike chain up, chain it up, big and cable ch- and a chain and a padlock. And you didn't have the key. I didn't have the key, and so I had to call my wife, and it was not a very easy conversation. Could you come and get me. Now bring hey, the key. Bring the hey, key. Bonnie, what you bring doing? the key. Jerry yeah. saw from my side of the conversation when I hung up. He says, "I bet you there's some history here, because this, <laughs> this call didn't go well. May not be in a, this, this ha- is not an no. isolated incident. I no, take it. No, no, <laughs> no. So let's you that have backstory. had to call Bonnie on other uh, occasions. Numerous occasions. I would say three occasions early in our marriage. I called her and said, and it was the truth. My car's been impounded on three occasions, separated by months, three times. Because I just would park where the F I wanted to park. So I, mean, I did that in college and got yeah. grounded for it when I came home right. in the summertime. You're an adult man. I'm an adult man. Okay. All right. I'm just Okay. Checking. So she had to come. The third time she came, she uh, said, uh, I'll see you probably tomorrow. And I didn't see her for a while because she, <laughs> she was so really ticked off. pissed. Really Well, pissed. because you're calling it midnight, one in the morning. And now uh, those first three times were daytime. They oh, were on her oh, work hours, oh, I thought. It was so right in the middle anyway, of her work day. Uh, she didn't have anything yeah, going on, second. right? No, then, then came the fourth time. The fourth time was about 11 o'clock at night. I was living in Cincinnati and across the river where we are, northern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I got stopped by the police. I was speeding. I had this sports car, MG. I mean, it wasn't like exotic sports car like Jerry drives Maserati, for example. I had <laughs> never been in a Maserati. But anyway, I got stopped. And you won't be. And these two, Ever. And these two cops say to me, uh, I said, well, you know, they said, you're speeding, and here's the speed you were going. And uh, I said, well, that's fine, officers. I apologize. Give me the ticket, and we'll go on from here. And they said, well, no, you have to give us bond money. Bond money? What are you talking about? I says, well, people from Cincinnati never come back to court. We've learned years ago. Oh, wow. You pay the bond money. And I said, how much is the bond money? And the guy said, 50 bucks. This was 1972. That was a lot of money in the day. And yeah. I carry usually about, about five a mo- bucks with me. Yeah, that's a month's pay for you. For about a month's pay. 
And I said, well, I looked at my wallet and I said, well, I, I don't have that. So I don't know. What do you want? My driver's license. They says, no, if you don't have that, you're going to jail. I said, I can't go to jail. I got to work tomorrow. He's a teacher. Yeah, yeah. So he said, lock your car. They put me in the back where you can't get out. They take me to jail. They take me in. They go through my, you know, check. I empty my uh, pockets out. And they open the door. And they open this big locked door. And they put me in jail. I got one phone call. Can you imagine this call to my (laughs) wife? Now it's about 11.30, quarter, 12 oh, at night. Hey, 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 babe, what you doing? I'm yeah. telling you. And I, yeah. I had been at some political meeting. Your whatever. first question was not, what the are car. you wearing? No, it was not. And I did say, no, my car has not been impounded. This but time. I am in jail. I have been impounded. <laughs> she did. And she's like going all over the house trying to find 50 bucks. She might have gone to a neighbor. And, they, and by God, they put me in jail and they put me in the trustee area. Oh. I think this was like Crescent Springs, Kentucky, in an old courthouse building. They could like tell you were a well-mannered War. man. Okay, but check this out. So they say, <laughs> if you want, till your wife gets here, uh, you can sit on those steps. So I sit on the steps, and up above, a picture of this big attic. And then I hear a guy, and I look up, and he's leaning over a banister, and he said, hey. Went, yeah, and he said, what are you in for? <laughs> I said, speeding? <laughs> I'm in for armed murder. Get your ass up here, boy. Yeah. And I went. And I thought, this is going to be a great story. And I just went up. I you couldn't did wait. go up. Oh, hell yeah, I did. I thought, this is going to be great. How lonely <clears throat> were you? I very, get up there. Very Here's lonely. what I saw. There were like 10, 12 cages in this huge attic of this old courthouse building. That was their jail. Mm-hmm. So the cages had top cage, side cage, bottom cage, and each guy was in a cage. But there was one guy who was leaning over the railing. He was the trustee because he had been in there for a long time. So I get up there, and, it, and they're all, like, telling me what they had done. You know, I'm armed yeah. murder and this and that. And then they're saying, where are you from? And I'm telling them, and they said, oh, hey, help me out. Call my girlfriend tell her I'm in here. Yeah. And so I'm telling God, give me the number. And I had to memorize everything. And the trustee guy would be the guy that would go turn the station on the TV show. Yeah. And, you know, I hung out there for about probably an hour and I, yeah. my wife didn't think this was a charming story by the way no no because no. when when the when the murderer asked where are you from where do you live you gave your address and my wife's well, name well, is well, be and honest, my social security said, number you know, is gave him the street address and so today when she came to bring me the keys yeah that was not say? fun you had gone back into the hotel well, I, I, can't, hey, I, didn't I was standing see in the rain pouring down yeah. rain right yeah yeah pouring but I, I didn't rain. want to get a chill I know she pulled by and lowered the window without ever stopping <laughs> and threw the keys at me. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. God okay. bless her. So I have to tell you, I truly thought that was all going to be a setup for a joke, and I was going to flip this table over and punch you right in the jugular. Be on top of me. Boom, boom. Really? Boom. I was going to lose it. <laughs> and it was a true story. Yeah. And by the way, you know, and speaking of cars. Yeah. yeah. My brother Jerry, you know my brother oh, yeah. Jerry. I do know Jerry. You Galvin. know my brother Jerry. Yeah. I know yeah. Jerry. Galvin. Yeah. He had his, I wonder if this has ever happened to anybody in this audience. Yeah. He had his driver's license lapse. Driver's license. Oh. oh. Really, really lapse. Okay. If it oh. lapses over six months and you don't know oh. it, you retest. Yeah. You retest. Yeah. They had him retake the test. I don't know if I Yesterday, can he got eight out of 10. And the other two guys were fast and got out of the way. <laughs> 
is. There it is. That's the crappy joke I was waiting for. <laughs> so was that all just no. a setup to get the story <laughs> get about Sherry? <laughs> Hey, hey, one and one quick thing, because I want yeah. no, no. to call Catfish uh, Williams in here who's running for city council. My wife, <laughs> I, you know this, I love my wife. Yes. Early on in our marriage, she had said to me, you are not taking enough responsibility in this marriage. And I was probably guilty of that. Yeah. You know, I'm pulling all the <laughs> weight. We had just had a kid, my son Mitch. He's like six months old. So we go to the mall. I said, I'm going to take responsibility. I got the car seat. I got the stroller. I got the diaper bag over my shoulder. We get to the mall. And then she goes all over my ass because my son was still back in his crib. <laughs> you miss one detail. You miss one yeah. detail. Stop one, man. <laughs> Y'all know one that. Time. Too. <laughs> you know, one time. You can tell man. that guy to come. You, you can tell that older man to come in now. The you guy back hear. there? <laughs> it's Why? the older guy w with the hearing aid. I see him back there. Yeah. The gray hair guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, because he can't hear. When I came in, oh he's telling me, he says, I got I'm going to quit. I'm just going to quit. Really? He said, why? He, <laughs> said, he said, why? I got he's what? He's telling me, he's all proud. I got this new hearing aid. I yeah. said, yeah, what kind is it? He said, four o'clock. <laughs> Nobody laughed. Not now, see, that you. was a test. <laughs> Matt Williams. That was a test of this audience. <laughs> she laughed. That's two. And they've been here before. I, I was going to say, no, they've she been hasn't, been she hasn't been here. She Never been, been here before? before. All right, no, well, we'll, we'll allow no for No one else had an excuse to laugh at that. you got to stop <laughs> laughing at that. <laughs> Thank you. We're speaking <laughs> of wives. My wife, God bless. How God is bless. Mickey doing? She's God doing bless. great. Great, great. Yeah. And, well, you know, when we're intimate, <laughs> we're trying to picture what you're talking. What do you mean when you're intimate? Well, you know, I mean when you're even at seventy something. You know, we're still yeah. And she, um, <laughs> she loves. She still loves to talk during sex. Really? Yeah. I mean, last night she called me from Cleveland. <laughs> uh uh. Did you hear that? That was a fail. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fail. <laughs> uh, fail. It's going to be a bigger fail when I get home. I know. <laughs> You want to see fail? That's I'll show ultimate you fail. fail. Oh, so in Ludlow, Matt Catfish yeah. Williams is running for city council Oop, first yes. time. Yes. God bless Jerry Springer. <laughs> I saw this with my own eyes. We came in tonight. Matt Catfish Williams owns the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. You got to come here sometime. For sure. And so Jerry calls Matt up to the table where we're sitting to do the podcast. Took out your checkbook, Jerry, and you wrote him a check, a wonderful check to help him fund his campaign. I yeah. think it funded the entire campaign. Yeah, he's got Cat, one sign. Cat, I know. <laughs> Catfish says, hey, I, I got something for Jerry. So, well, let's have him come in what here. Come, oh. He'll come on camera. Oh. Come around this way. Oh, this is People oh, fancy. Facebook this Live will be able to see him. And I'm going to describe what he's giving Jerry for those of you who can't see it. For you, Catfish, little Richard. Yeah. Oh, this is for your grandson, oh. Richard. Oh. You Thank you. Yeah, Disneyland. Yeah, we go out. Yes. There we go. Oh, the Ark. <laughs> the Creation Museum. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Ark Encounter Creation yeah. Museum. Well, I was nice there in the beginning. Yeah. Told a little story a couple weeks ago, so we got him some matching shirts, some rented mule shirts. Oh, <laughs> Large that, and small. That is great. That is adorable. That is great. 
Oh, I'm serious. That is that is fantastic. Isn't that cool? He can paid for by myself, not by not through not through campaign funding because you can't pay for that with campaign. Separate. We can't use the campaign money. Why? Maybe we'll get mules to vote for us. Yeah. It's a large. All right, let's hear it for catfish. Thank you. That's really cool. That is really cool. Hey, let me propose something to you, Jerry. That really is. So you got. Rented mule. Now let's Maybe. recap real fast. Yeah, very fast. Oh, I got to recap that, that story. Uh, Richard is my grandson. He's eight now, but he was about six years old when this happened. He's in kindergarten, and uh, we always watch together Gunsmoke. You know the old cowboy move, uh, television show from thirty, forty, fifty years ago. And we watch it, and while we watch it, you know he's dressing up in his cowboy outfit. We're watching, and then we start, you know, wrestling. He plays Matt Dillon. I'm Chester. I'm trying to think about some old cowboy expressions, and I say, my gosh, I'm going to beat you like a rented mule. Well, he laughs. He, I don't know what that means, but he's laughing. Three weeks later, I get an email from our daughter, Katie, his mother, a copy of an email that she got from his teacher in kindergarten. And she said, uh, dear Miss Yankin, I just wanted you to know that today Richard got into a uh, argument with one of the students and told the student that he was going to beat him like a rented mule. <laughs> I asked Richard where he heard that. Does he know what it means? And Richard said, no. And he says, well, where did you hear it? And Richard said, well, my opa says it all the time. Thanks for throwing me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> then the email says, I explained to him that that is not even Quote, remotely appropriate. <laughs> Not that it wasn't appropriate, but it wasn't even remotely appropriate. You can, you can see the sides of her mouth going down. And that well, sometimes... I hope, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. Oh, no. She she does. And then sometimes grown-ups say things that kids shouldn't, and that is very wrong to say. It, and I just thought you ought to know. Signed the teacher. I just thought you ought to know. Well, fine. So then Katie passes it on to me, Mickey, my wife. We're looking at it that night, you know, because I've been scolded. And Mickey says, you know, you really were wrong at, at three levels. Number one, what are you doing teaching him anything about fighting, beating? You should beat no one. She's right. Secondly, you got the animal lovers upset because he was beating a mule. Fair enough. And three... You showed what a rich snob you are because it was a rented mule. <laughs> These are all valid points from yeah. your wife. These are all very valid. So now we go to open school night, you know, mm -hmm. with the teachers uh, just two weeks ago. And I'm sitting there, and you know, all the teachers come up and explain what they're going to do in the school year this year. She gets up there and starts talking, and I'm... All of a sudden, I really had a tightness in my chest, like I was going to be scolded. Yeah. It was like you're a kid again in school, and I'm sitting there looking at the ground, and, and I'm going, you know, I'm shaking back and forth, going, oh, no, I hope she doesn't mention this. Don't call on me. Don't call, Don't on, me. Don't, call on me. I didn't yeah. do the homework. I didn't do the homework. <laughs> and all Mickey kept, all I kept hearing Mickey sitting next to me going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So you hey. never forget. But, but didn't he say Being something, a kid at, in school. At, something oh, at dinner? Yeah. Now we're sitting around the dinner table. This is what he does now because he knows that was wrong. This is true. He gets up from the dinner table, walks around the table, comes up to me, and he whispers in my ear. He says, Opa, rented mule. <laughs> 
now he's thinking that's, that's a curse word. It's a bad word. That's yeah. the and perfect lead-in to him having that shirt. I love First it. of all, I, love I will beg him. <laughs> I will pay him money. Money means nothing to him because Jerry gives him all the money he wants. But I would give him anything to go to school wearing that oh, t-shirt. <laughs> Just rent a mule. Oh. Right, Catfish? Oh. Just on, rent a mule. On, not on April Fool's Day. And... Because she's not the teacher anymore because she teaches. You know, oh, I'd have him walk down her classroom, classroom, sort of lean in the doorway and, Hi, Miss Jones, how are you doing today? <laughs> How's it going? But you and know, at the, at the teacher's meetings, you know, at some up. point, they're probably saying, well, he's Jerry Springer. <laughs> what do you expect? What, what can you expect? You know? I know, I told you, if that's oh, the only thing that's man. come out of your grandson's mouth, you are doing all right, sir. You're, right. <laughs> You're doing okay. <laughs> hey, the next parent, teacher, open house, whatever they call oh, it. That is great. The two of you walk in wearing those. Yep. You <laughs> and him. I might. In. I don't Rent think you're going to get Mickey to wear them. I don't think so. Could you be part of that conversation? Uh, oh, I'll, Why I'll don't go. you broach the I'll, subject? I'll try to talk her into it. <laughs> okay. Because it doesn't say beat the rent and mule, so it doesn't offend it says, anybody, yeah. Peter or anybody. It just says no, rent Mickey and would mule. turn to me and say, you want to see how we beat a rented mule? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it's done. <laughs> And, and Megan, once again, and again, we don't judge this. We don't, we don't look down on it. You say but that But you're every over time. there on that phone. I don't, what is this going what, on? And what she does, Jerry, is Can she's on online dating services, show? and she's on right now during the show. <laughs> she's on the clock with us. You know, Anybody responding? Yeah. Hey, get, let's just do something. <laughs> let's, Ask let's somebody, just text something. somebody and say, hey, I'm on this show. Call now and we'll put you on. And look, here's what we'll do. We'll just put the guy on speaker, hold it up to the mic, and we'll vet him. Okay. Will you do that? I'm doing it right now. He's doing it right now. We'll see what see what happens. See what happens. So. Jerry. Do we who is this guy? Do we do you know? Well, no, no. Yeah, he's on he's on first first name. Is this a bumble? It's a bumble. Yeah. Oh, you're doing bumble now. No, no, bumble. Yeah. Bum bumble is uh, Tinder the, run by the, women. Yes, the Tinder. Much run by more women sensitive. Women, yes, women yeah. friendly. Explain this to people who were born in the 20th century. So there's so the dating apps that are out there now. You have Tinder, which is one that's kind of known for being a hookup site, and it's kind yeah. of like yeah. a hooker and, site. Hookup. Yeah. Oh, hookup. Yeah. Hookup. Yeah. Site. He doesn't know what that means. <laughs> doesn't know either one. All of a sudden, I'm going whoa. Because it was a hooker site. Where's my phone? Oh dear God. Oh my I'm God. I'm telling you. I, I, and by the way, I can't. I can't. And by the way, the check didn't bounce from what I understand. I you know what I'm saying? It didn't bounce. It could Come never on. have been reported if it was it's bounced. It's bad enough Gene. as it is. Let's don't be so all the check bounced. 45 no, years ago. <laughs> yeah, can't forget. It could never have it. been reported if the check was good. Yeah, 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 one right. bad night. Why not? Hey, rented mule. Rented. <laughs> Rented mule. I just took out a whole new meaning. Jeez. Yeah, actually, it was rented. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, walk away, Jerry. Have the discipline to walk away. Let you it, gotta let just it. walk away. <laughs> what, what's he doing? What's he doing? He's gonna kill himself. He's hey, let me ask you something. Oh. I mean, well, Megan's getting something. Let me ask you something. I'm just gonna open up my wallet. I just this is impromptu. What? I, I will prove it. Oh, you got a lot in there. I opened up. That's the cash. I got 40, 40 bucks. bucks. Yeah, so I guess I'm buying chili. Well, yeah, what do you... <laughs> hey, this, is, this is the difference. This is the difference between Jerry and Megan and me. Megan, what, what are you carrying oh, right now? What do you think you got? I've got a debit card. Okay. And a dollar fifty, maybe. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, 
Just take well, I don't know if I, actually, I don't know if I, I mean, I have the n number of my finance. <laughs> yeah, the, the number. <laughs> I need money now. How do I get it? You got a whole bunch of. Fifty hundred. Fifty got a couple hundred bucks. Now, we're not saying that so somebody waits outside the door here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Because I keep saying I'm, I don't have any cash. That was probably not a good idea of a bit, you know? No. Because it could be somebody waiting by my exactly. car. Exactly. I will immediately give them my 40 bucks, by the way. All right. Megan, what's going on? I'm working. Uh, this is, is this guy uh, calling? I'm, okay. She's, she's working. She just met this guy I've just two met minutes this guy. ago. Oh, yeah. Like this evening. Well, why yeah. do you think he's going to call in and think Because he's, he's already on a dating website. Like, yeah, I'm going to be honest and everything. We'll see if he's interested. In yeah, I think it sounds cool. If I, uh, you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Hey, Jerry. Yeah. Trump win? <laughs> that could be good for us. Here's the only good thing about Trump winning. Think of the material we'll have for four years. No. Really? No. Well, it's it wouldn't not be worth four it. years. <laughs> <laughs> the country would be around for about a month or two. You're saying I think what good we material in Canada is what you're saying. Yeah, well, well you heard what Canada is doing. I, I think I mentioned this. Uh, so many Americans want to move to Canada if Trump wins that Canada's going to build a wall now and make America pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Look at that. You know, you tweeted, live tweeted during the debate. It's associated with the podcast, and trust me, it's really good for the podcast. Your followers are up to approaching 80,000 followers, which is a pretty good number because we started maybe last year, you had thousands. Yeah. But it's just exploded. So was, yeah, a lot responded to that. Because, look, 80 million people were watching the, watching the debate, and the news picked it up because they're looking – and tell the tweet. The tweet was something that like... That was pretty cool. Uh, uh, Hillary belongs in the White House. Trump belongs on my show. That yeah. was the tweet. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good tweet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it was accurate. But Trump will never come on my show because he doesn't want his hair pulled. Um, <laughs> see, I see, they always pull the wigs, yeah. and he, he won't do that. And he, won't. he doesn't wear a wig. It's not like they're going to snatch his wig because he's no, not... No, he lets his eyebrows grow long, and he combs them straight back. <laughs> It is a whole situation. It's it a situation. It is. A situation. A situation. That hair, is, that, that, that hair is right. <laughs> right. Yeah, but of course, when most people are listening to this podcast, because, you know, most obviously don't listen to it live, um, the debate will already have been two weeks old, but it won't yet be their second debate. Oh, okay. So this still will be. And the first debate, the numbers are coming out now. It's, you know, the polls clearly show that which we saw when we were watching it, that Hillary won the debate. That doesn't mean you automatically win the presidency, but um, she won the debate decisively. And by the way, today, this is really interesting. I watch a lot of Fox News, and I, I just like watching Fox News, and I'm so Democrat liberal. But I just like the stimulation of it. So I noticed on Fox News, Martha McCollum on the morning show, Hannity at night, Sean Hannity, yeah. mm -hmm. all day long on the day after the debate, touted all the polls that said that Trump crushed Hillary. And they listed them, and they had chirons. Chirons mean, yeah. you know, all the verbiage on the screen. This is how dishonest they are. Get this. Their digital vice president of Fox News yeah. put out a memo to everybody on Fox News and said, this is what a scientific poll is, 
and this is what a scientific poll isn't. And if you all go on the air and claim that these non-scientific polls, flash polls, garbage polls. You know, there's those are polls where you, know, you do online, them. but you can vote as many times as you want. Right. So you get your campaign workers to vote. And, and those are the only polls he won. Fox News guys said the objective polls, there are now two. Yeah, NBC uh, came out today. And CNN had one the other day, early, earlier yeah, yesterday. Was, and they both showed her pretty much crushing. the exact it crushing. Opposite. It was and 53 he said, to 23. you are hurting, this was the interesting thing, you are hurting our brand at Fox News by claiming that polls, which are total BS, yeah. are polls. Yeah. So they, he lambasted his own people. That's a great story. For... Man for trying to pass on to America. And Donald Trump is the biggest freaking idiot of all because he goes around thinking he won the debate. Oh, he knows they he They got to yeah. sit him down and say, you jackwad, you got your ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't accept that reality, how are we going to get you to prepare for the next debate? Yeah, it's fascinating. And, you know, the big stories coming out today are, also, uh, how he, how they're going to get him to prepare because he doesn't want to. He's not comfortable, at, you know, having to sit down and study things. He doesn't know anything about, you know, even if he's your best friend, he doesn't know anything about governments. He doesn't know anything about world affairs. He doesn't know anything about other countries and stuff like that. He just doesn't know it. You know, if you start talking to me about physics, as you know, I'm not going to know it. He just doesn't know it. He has no business running for president. That's why so many of us get upset. So they really have someone who is now emotionally out of control. I mean, that, that is the truth. He, you could see it physically happening during the debate. Because the first 20 minutes, he was very good. I didn't like what he was saying. But if you're just looking at his debate, I, I, those 20 minutes, I got to tell you, I was sitting there saying, oh, boy, we got some problems. And then all of a sudden, he just ran out of steam. There was nothing else that he had memorized, and boom. And then she destroyed him for the last hour. And it was really, it was kind of sad. It was like, you know, he, she was just poking him. And he, every time there was debate, he went for it. Well, and in fact, roll into this, because yeah. just stay on this, because at the end of the debate, he tried a very curious strategy that was unbelievable, and that is body shaming. Mm-hmm. He started fat shaming a person and t- speak to that and yeah. also give a little historical background to that kind of campaigning, would you? Yeah, let me thanks. Let me just take a moment here and, I, and I'll wind up with that. The conventional wisdom is clearly that this is the filthiest campaign in memory, just the stuff they're talking about and everything. And that's the conventional wisdom. And everybody says that and we just take it for granted. Well, the truth is that this is not the filthiest campaign, and in some cases, not even by a long shot. And filthy campaigns are a part of American history, as much as we'd rather not believe that. And it started with our founding fathers. Of course, George Washington ran unopposed, and he was the president by acclamation, and everyone was very happy with that. And he served two terms, and then one of the great decisions ever made, he decided we have to make the point that we're not going to have a monarchy here, having just got our independence from England. So therefore, he was stepping down, and he went back to his farm in Mount Vernon. And then his vice president, John Adams, becomes the president for one term. And now, the next election, as John Adams runs for re-election, is 1800. 
And that was the beginning of political parties. And it may have been one of the filthiest campaigns ever, the story that we don't learn in school. At that time, under George Washington, you had John Adams, who was the vice president, and then you had Thomas Jefferson, who was the secretary of state. But there was a debate starting to form, which has lasted for 240 years, about how strong the federal government should be, how strong the executive should be. So you had George Washington and John Adams, who believed in a strong federal government, and they were called the Federalists. They believed that there's no way to finance a land which was going to be so large, and with all these other countries still on the border, you know, Spain and France, et cetera, in terms of having interests here on, in the New World, that they needed a strong central government. So they were the Federalists. And then there was Thomas Jefferson, who was the beginning of what they back then they called the Republicans, who ironically by 1828 became the Democrats. But they, at that point were called the Republicans. And, and he believed, and the Republicans believed, that we should not have a strong federal government. We should be an agrarian society that to the extent the government exists, uh, the Congress should be the power because it's closer to the people than an executive is. And an executive, if you give him too much power, will become a king. That was the background of the debate. So here you had the founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Hamilton. But here's what the problem was. They all had tremendous egos, and they started to become aware that they had founded this country. And so now they were running, and their egos, like all other human beings in that kind of an environment, all of a sudden, they wanted to win. They could not lose. John Adams could not accept the fact that he would actually lose for re-election. And Thomas Jefferson, by gosh, I wrote the Declaration of Independence. How dare they? So they started the filthiest campaign ever. We complain now, for good reason, of Fox News. Back then, these guys bought newspapers and they wrote the columns and then did it under an assumed name, gave it to someone else, and it was filthy. I mean, you know, for, you know the story now with the musical. They go after Hamilton and talk about his affair with the, this married woman, Reynolds, and that he was corrupt and he wanted to have strong banks because they were paying him off. And then they go after Jefferson, and Jefferson, you've been sleeping with one of your slaves and Sally Hemings and all. And the stuff, the words they would use, the F word, everything else, they were filthy campaigns then. And that has continued. You know, there were all kinds of things said about Lincoln, that he was African-American, and oh, not that, but back then they used that as a slam. He's not a white man. He can't be our president. So this filthy stuff has been going on. Now we come to our election today. Just wanted to give you that background of history that, wait a second, this is not new to politics. Here's what's new about Trump. We have become used to it. The dirty tricks that were used with Nixon and calling people communists and Watergate and all that. The dirty tricks that have been going on subtly forever. But every single time in every election, the dirt and the filth and the dishonesty is one candidate against the other candidate, one party against the other party. With Trump, this is the first time that we've ever had a candidate for president that is using the dirt and the filth against the people. 
So he goes after, we've talked about it many times, the Hispanics, the African-Americans, the Muslims, the disabled, etc. So he goes after these groups, and we've all heard it and what he's done. It's bigotry, racism, etc., clearly. But here's what happened at that debate, which takes it to a new level, and why I believe it's the first time he may have done something that he can't walk back. And the two things he did were used to him going after people, going after voters in a sense. But he's always going after people that aren't his voters or can't win the election for him. He does what dictators often do. When a dictator comes to power, a dictator always has to find a scapegoat. A dictator, you know, doesn't have the solution to the problem because if there were solutions, then you wouldn't have the need for the dictator. The dictator comes to power because he says, we've got problems and I'll fix it. But you know, it's them, you know, those black people, those Hispanic people, those Jews, or those foreigners. Every dictator, you know, starts some problem overseas with other people because you don't want to, you don't want to insult your own people because then you won't come to power. So you always pick some group of a minority to say they're the problem. And that's what Trump was doing. So we even got used to that. And we said that is really filthy and that is awful, but he's not going to get black votes anyway. He's not going to get the Hispanic vote anyway. So even though it is horrible and immoral and we're all embarrassed and humiliated by it and angered by it, we still think that's not going to cost him the election because those people weren't voting for him anyway. But Monday night, he screwed up because in two instances, he went after the very people he needs to put him over the top. First, he went after middle-class people when he said and kind of admitted that he doesn't pay federal taxes and, quote, that's smart. Whoa, that will be a television ad from here till you're walking to the polls. Because every hardworking American that has to figure out how to make ends meet, you know, the white working class male worries every April 15th, damn, I gotta pay these taxes. We have to pay taxes and he doesn't? And he's basically saying he's smart because he doesn't. So therefore, if you pay taxes, you're dumb. Did you hear that, America? The would-be president of the United States is saying, if you pay your taxes, you're dumb. Whoa. You want to see a deficit? You want to see not being able to afford anything? Whatever programs you think are important, the military, anything, people will stop paying their taxes. The president told us we're dumb if we pay them. And he's made middle-class America look like fools because he's so rich and above it all, I don't have to pay. I'm smart, you little people. That was the one group. And here's the next group. And this may be the thing that really doesn't go away because it isn't about politics. When he went after, when he did fat shaming, when he went after the Miss Universe mm -hmm. and Rosie O'Donnell, yep and double down on it that it, when he calls women pigs and he called uh, the Miss uh, Universe winner um, uh, an eating machine, 
Miss Piggy. Well, obviously, if you're a woman, secondly, if you're a man and you have a daughter, there isn't probably a human being, but certainly there is hardly a woman or a young girl who sometime in her life isn't concerned about her own body. There have been tons of studies done on that, that there's something about their body they don't like. So all of a sudden, people that don't even think of politics if you start talking about some trade agreement we have, you know, they tune out. But when he, the president of the United States, or wants to be, starts picking on women or young girls, remember, she's a young girl at the time, and calling him Miss Piggy, an eating machine, look at you. If that isn't offensive, cruel, mean-spirited, I mean, good Lord, what kind of a human being do you want as president of the United States? I don't think that goes away. And if he needs to win the election, the woman's vote of independent women, which he does, there are not enough males, white males, uh, to win the election anymore. So therefore, you have to get, that's pure politics, you've got to get women to vote for you at some percentage. But independent women are suddenly going to look at him and say, yep. You want him talking to your daughters? It's unbelievable. And I think just watching the reaction in these first couple of days to that, because that's not just on political shows. Who isn't going to have that discussion? Miss Piggy, eating machine? He's bully. We keep saying he's a bully. But that's what teenage girls get bullied over on the social media. Hey, putting on those LBs, are you? You know, every, every young girl thinks about that and says, oh, man. And now you got the president. Just like he's given cover to racists in America, he's now giving cover to, you know, every ugly, and I mean ugly personality man who berates women for the way they look wife beaters, because what did he say about Rosie O'Donnell? Yeah, I said she was fat, but she deserves it. And people agree with me. Everyone agree. That was the quote. Everyone agrees with me. She deserved it. Any man that beats a woman, you talk to prosecutors about this. They all say that the man inevitably says she deserved it. He hit her because she deserved it. May have been in a temper or whatever, but at the time, she deserved it. That is the mentality that we have to be dealing with. This man has no business being president of the United States. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Jerry does that stupid-ass TV show. I know. And then he does this stuff, too. This I is know. pretty cool. You know? Stupid? <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hey, Gene. Oh. We got him, I'm, by the way. If you want to talk to him. Oh, have him call in. Yeah. This is somebody. We don't know who it is. We'll, we'll give a <laughs> fake a name. name. What's his name? Josh. 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 It's yep. probably not his real name. It's we'll probably say not his real name. But yeah. He's put put right him now. on speaker. I'm going to. Okay. Oh, this is great. <laughs> Josh from Bumble or Farm Bumble. Boy or. Josh from Bumble. Where is Bumble located? Bumble. Oh, that's the okay. guy. Yeah, yeah. So, hi, Josh. 
Hey, Jerry and Jean, how are you guys? Hey, doing Good. great. So you want to date Megan? Is that true? You <laughs> we, think? I mean, we you're met just... on. We literally met like uh, just a, like like a couple. I'm not sure if I want to date her. But, you know... <laughs> oh yeah, <gasps> yeah. What? yeah. What? What? Well, what? see, what? Hey, yeah. Well, let me just I like that. And everyone yeah. in the audience who went to a nasty place with that, by the way, that's yeah. good for you, Megan. <laughs> no. That's good because well, I didn't, of course. But I, I mean, like to get to know her better. You know, I mean. That's fair, right? Absolutely. I think it's absolutely fair. And I want to say on her behalf that, first of all, I don't think she got a fair trial. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're not on the jury yet. We're not? We're not on Jerry's show yet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Josh, you're a good sport. All right. Thanks, Josh. I'll text you later. Bye. All right. All right. Hey, quick question. Sure. What, What kind of vibe did you get from him? Well, in the 32 seconds that we talked, yeah, um, yeah. he seemed decent. But no, we've been texting back and forth for a couple hours. He seems like a nice guy. Okay. Like, he got a tattoo today. So that was... And, and that, well, okay, mo- now. Most guys in prison do. <laughs> yeah, he got a tattoo this afternoon, so that was kind of funny. And that's, that's cool for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't fun. care. You're yeah. not against tattoos or... No. no. Oh, no. No, not at all. Why would you be? <laughs> <laughs> all right, next yeah, show, like Megan, Springer. if you're willing, uh, tell us... It, you know, like if you have a ring by then. Or yeah, well, I, let's find out what's going on. Write <laughs> down what, the highlights. I will, I will keep it in mind. I think you should have a ring before, let's see, something happens. You should have a ring before he meets you, right after he meets your parents. Okay, so nobody in 11 years has met my parents. That's true. That is the God's honest truth. The God's honest truth. That's right, because that's why, because your parents won't admit to you. <laughs> no. Well, oh, no, she's not she ours. <laughs> Megan, no, your no, parents are really cool. They, they really are. Really fantastic good people. people. They but are. to get to that level, you got to go through a lot of nonsense before you get to meet my lot parents. Of stuff, <laughs> yeah. lot of stuff. By the way, does a ring have to come before he meets your parents? Or, or maybe the same day. You're like 20 years ahead of where yeah. I need to be, Mr. Galvin. Yeah, I need, yes, you, I need yes. you to just put a, put a pin in that. She yeah. Walk away is what I know. you're saying. First of all, if we could call back, and yeah. we, we, we're still talking at this time next yeah. week. Yeah, I'm don't worry about a ring. She's lucky if she gets another ring tone. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jerry. Oh, hey. That's why they call you. That's what I do. There was one. Megan. You're a good sport. Thanks for uh, hey, yeah. doing that. No, I know no that problem. was real. Yeah, it was real. <laughs> All right. Hey, this is exciting. We have uh, the newbies. And we always yeah. get to come here and hear us, uh, what's called a sound check before. These guys are really good. Yes. And so we're going to ask the newbies to uh, do a song. Then we're going to introduce them and hear about where you can hear more of their music. So here you are, ladies and gentlemen, the newbies. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. This is a tune called Dear Sarah. It's the ballad of Sullivan Ballou. Very dear 
That's the newbies, and that first song, Dear Sarah, is actually adapted from a Civil War letter, correct? Yeah, you know, we're all uh, Ken Burns fans. We see everything that he does, huge PBS guys. Ken Ken Burns' uh, documentary, The Civil War, the very first episode, he talks about Sullivan Ballou at the very end of the episode in the Battle of Bull Run, and right before he's ready to go off to the battle, he writes the greatest letter in the the history of the world, the greatest love letter. And it was was so touching that we we were inspired to write a song about it. So I spent an entire summer you know, putting the words together in a way that it would rhyme. And, and, you know, every time you would get caught in a verse, you'd put your guitar down and go, I don't want to desecrate this. So you got to figure out a way to, you, to, oh, to put wow. it all That's together. That's so cool. a great story. Yeah. That's yeah. Jeff Perholz and uh, Misty is here as well, Misty uh, Perholz. And then, Alex, let me get your last name right. Lushed. Lushed. Okay, we got it. So Alex, Misty, and Jeff. And by the way, you can hear their music, uh, their latest album, for example, Modern Vintage, and their music can be heard at the newbies.com, N-E-W-B-E-E-S. Yes, N-E-W-B-E-E-S. And we talked about this another time, but this is an example of how versatile musicians are because you guys do Beatles songs. You have a band that does Beatles covers, correct? Right. And I made me think of something, Megan. What's that, Gene? When we were in Cuba... Yep. As a podcast, I remember we were on the Malacom, which is yeah. the seawall in Havana. Thousands yeah. of people gather on this seawall for several miles. And Casey Campbell, our folk singer, was there. And he started, about every 20th person has a guitar. Do you remember that? Yes. Yep. Oh, it's great. And people are just jamming up and down the line. And sometimes the song will draw other people in. And some others will come back to where this spot is. No one knew who Jerry Springer was, hardly anybody, unless they were foreigners traveling. I I hated that. So, (laughs) (laughs) the best part of the trip. (laughs) Casey Campbell starts to do some Beatles tunes. Yeah. And he did the song, I Saw Her Standing There. Yeah. And Jerry Springer stepped in and did it. And all these people gathered. No one knew that was some TV guy from America, but they were so surprised at how he was pulling it off. (laughs) <laughs> that they, they really liked it. Remember that, Megan? Absolutely. It kind of looked like they did. Oh, it I remember it, you know. It was just... <laughs> what, when did you become... Do a couple. Just do a little you chunk. Know, you know, count it. There, well, count you it. can't do the whole song because right, it'll we'll be do illegal. That. Do a little sure. chunk of it. One, Watch two, it. three, four! <laughs> well, she was just 17. And you know what I mean. And the way she looked. She was way beyond compare Oh, I'll never dance with another And I saw her standing there Uh, All right. I just remember the one, two, three, four. (laughs) Hey, hurt uh, yourself and keep doing that. You should have done that. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. (laughs) Hey, do your second song. It's called Nevermore, correct? Yeah, this is on our album uh, Modern Vintage and features Misty on lead vocals. Confines of belief, a better 
had to share a path through the fields of weeds as a blade I pass it's all on me and I fail the newbies go right away to the newbies.com and hear incredible. more of those that guys that was cool. amazing uh wow. take us out please on irene goodnight and jerry springer will sing again oh. it's gonna be unbelievable wow. do people know where to get my album <laughs> yeah it's in my storage bin where i have to pay <laughs> right. like 70 Jeans bucks Raj. a month <laughs> boxes of them that's the truth yeah he does I had to move them the other day no, we're gonna put. We're gonna start selling merch, and those will be out here pretty fast. No. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. Thanks again. The newbie's going. Oh, yeah, Good night, Irene. Two, three, two, two, three. Oh. 
I got married. You've been listening to Tales, yeah, Tunes, and Tom Foolery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Sometimes I live in the country And sometimes I live in town Sometimes I take a great notion To jump in that river and 